Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm very, very excited to introduce you to my guest speaker, Dora Pappas-Aliferis. Dora, welcome. Thank you, and I'm very, very happy to be here and uh, Susie to reconnect. Absolutely. We go back a long way, but, you know, I want to let our listeners know that you are actually dialing in as we speak from Glyfada in the south of Athens. Correct. And it's a very sunny day here. Oh my gosh. I can just see it. You know, I've got, cause I was looking at the pictures just before we connected and um, oh, it's a place that I want to go to. And yeah. Oh. So um, I, you know, one of the reasons that I really wanted to speak to you, Dora, is that you made some big decisions about three years ago, back in 2017. And Correct. that big decision was to uh, pack up, well, first of all, sell up, pack up, and mm-hmm. you, your husband, and your boy, your little boy, well, he's not little now, to yeah. move to Greece. So I want to unpack that journey because I know there's so much in it that we can all sure. take from. So uh, maybe if you can take us back to when you first started thinking about it and how you came to make that decision. Sure, sure. Well, I guess um, we had come as a family um, to Greece on holidays uh, in 2014. Uh, that was Lucas's first introduction to, to Greece and uh, his heritage. Then we came back in 2015. And um, while I had some time away from the business, I was able to to think and just try to see myself in a, in a different light and started to give a little inkling at that point that I, I need to I need to make some changes, and it wasn't urgent, and it was a positive feeling, but I wasn't sure exactly what it needed to be. Um, but Greece has always been very much a part of my life from a young age, as my parents were Greek migrants of Australia, so there was always this romantic part of Greece passed on to us, and um, I guess they were always missing it. So we were living living that always, even from afar, and. Um, after those two trips, um, I think also with my husband and my son, uh, Greece seemed to get a little bit deeper into their veins as well. <laughs> and um, I think I was able then to to discuss it. And again, it wasn't it was not something that I knew. If you asked me six years ago, mm-hmm. um, are you going to do that? I would never have said no way because again. It was a, a country for me that represents many things that, that I guess I need in my life. But the at the time, it just came together. Um, I think it was the, the, the timing overall and that allowed it to happen. Mm. You, you know, one of the things um, that I – really uh, admire about you that I that I've and, and I've come to learn about you is you you let those hunches come and and you let them sit you you kind of let them percolate mm. you you even let yourself marinate in them if I can put it that way <laughs> I um, like that word <laughs> yeah you really you allow each one of those um 
things and well ideas dreams decisions so mm. you know the way your professional life looked like was you started out teaching um was it primary mm-hmm. teaching yeah teaching so you finished was, uh, yeah mm-hmm. you, you you finished a teaching degree and then you um didn't have like finding a job at the time so you ended up in financial no. services Mm-hmm. Mm, and um, which was a, again a, a very big steep you know climb because there was uh, it was like starting right at the at the beginning um but again that was a 10-year journey where it was very very plentiful and very rich in so many things mm. um and that's yeah this is why I looked at a different career because I couldn't in teaching find a permanent position I was only getting casual work all over Sydney, which gave me no connection, no, and that's what I always need. I need to have something that I identify with and I can build on. Right. And and let me ask you, why was that a gift, not finding a job, ending, ending up in finance? Why was that, was that a gift in, in the end? What did that open up for you? Well, it opened up this, um, I guess, a very um, a big smorgasbord of um, – education, things that I probably would never have come across. And as you know, financial services is very fast moving. So day to day, there wasn't a day where you didn't learn something, even if you weren't trying. So, And also a lot of the companies were investing heavily then in different courses, seminars, conferences, um, that to try to do on your own would be near impossible, even financially. So it was an eye-opener when you're 23, um, you really – you don't know much yet and you're amongst people who at the time are 40, 45, 50 and you're having mentors and that's where I realised how important it is for me to have mentors in my life. Financial services was very big on that and I'm a big advocate on that, very, very big for anyone at any point in their life and that's what uh, gave me a bit more direction and understanding of different strengths and weaknesses that I have and that was how I I built more and more of a base which allowed me then to go on to the next stage as you know into my own business. So can you share a little bit about that because all of that is linked into into where you are today so so then what happened you know you you decided to take that experience that rich experience smorgasbord of experience that you've accumulated and then put it into setting up what kind of a business? Yeah, well, I, I reached a point in financial services where um, after 10 years I thought that personally I had ch- achieved quite a few things that I uh, had set out to do, uh, was also starting to feel quite exhausted from a lot of the travel and the heavy commitment. So I found as I was climbing up the ladder, obviously expectations were becoming uh, very big. And I was also at the time missing the life um of an educator, being around families, children, and also had reached a point in my personal life where I wanted to start to create a family. So I was changing. I wanted to let go of the the corporate life. was very scary. I didn't know how to let go of it because I had also loved it so much. It provided, you know, even, you know, friendships and so forth. But I knew that at the time I needed to change and then I – began to, I took some time off um, and I began to think about what am I going to do and, and this was just, I was at home um, just every day 
waking up and writing different things that were coming to me early in the morning. And I eventually came to the point where I thought, okay, I want my own school, like a preschool, childcare, something where I can merge what I had learned over the years in financial services, picked up, uh, I guess, some entrepreneurial skills, mm. and then look at a model that also gives quality uh, back to families and children and something that I can turn up to every day and build on and, 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 and be proud of. And that mainly came from having a clear picture from the beginning and also going and visiting various preschools to see what I like and what I don't like. And then I heavily focused on recruitment. So the magic of my school came a lot from the people I met. Um, and once I got really good on the recruitment process, which took a while, I wasn't, you know, the first year I had some bumps then I found that was the secret to having consistent, fantastic care and education. And that was a really fantastic journey um, that, again, took about a decade. So I seem to work in decades <laughs> and then I get a bit itchy feet and I'm like, now what do I do? I need to reinvent myself or you know, <laughs> take new challenges on. Otherwise, I become a little bit restless and a bit stale I don't like when that happens because I want to give whatever I've got them at the best level at the highest level than anything that's on a diminishing return mm. and yeah um I just want to interject at this point Dora um listening to you oh gosh you know you talk about reinventing yourself and all I think is you know, what's really interesting listening to you share that just professionally that journey so mm. far is that all along he's a woman who's really connected to um, her internal world, connected to her mm. her passion and she's following it and she's really letting it, letting her um, letting that guide her and oh. and you've never from what I understand and from you know knowing you you've never been afraid to take the time off and to use those words again marinate in what's next oh. you know and I just think my goodness if only all of us could take that time I mean I take the time which is oh. why I am where I am, which is why I love doing what I'm doing because I take oh, the time and you take the time. You you were saying when you finished in the finance sector, even though you loved it, there was, you know, I want to hone in on this, even though you oh. loved it, you knew it was time and, and not necessarily yeah. to re reinvent yourself. And on the one hand, yes, but it was growth really. It's, it's, it was mm. like the next chapter and that is I so needed, beautiful. I and it's not easy because when I was uh, the first couple of weeks out of financial services, I felt like a fish out of water. I mean, the, there was because I was going from being at different, you know, conferences, meeting, airports, and then suddenly I'm in the four walls of my home. Mm -hmm. um, everybody at that point is super busy. No one is really around. This is a very busy time and uh, friends and associates and suddenly, um, so it's quite uncomfortable to start mm. with, particularly when you're coming from such a busy environment. It's not that it's, it's daunting, but I had to experience it to try to come out and say, okay, what are the things that are coming up? And this is where I, I use a lot of times writing. I like to write things down. Mm -hmm. And I've done a lot of that with you as well. And that's what I was 
looking back last night and this morning because I had brought all the stuff with me that you got me mm. to write about um, while we were planning the the uh, the move overseas. Um, that's what helps me identify where I'm going because yeah. the same things will keep coming up even yeah. if I try to ignore them. This is what I find that then it will just come back. So sometimes I've tried to block things as well because I think, oh, this I must be crazy thinking of, you know, uh, selling my school. Uh, I must be nuts thinking leaving financial services because sometimes, you know, you think the other way. But no matter what I do, that little knock on the door and that tap on the shoulder is like, Dora, it's time, it's time. Mm. And I will never completely ignore those things. And it's just part of who I am that I think, okay, Dora, this is the next the next part, the mm. next chapter, the next, and I just, and that's what, and what I'm saying is there's always fears and anxieties around it, but I work through them with the assistance of people like yourself, other mentors, and that because you think, oh, it's okay. I don't have to do it all in one big chunk. Mm. I can break it down and work out where the real, the real stuff is that I need to uh, hone in on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I love that that you mentioned, you know, even though I was saying that you really marinate in what's next, not without fear. You marinate in the fear. You marinate in the <laughs> in in you let yourself stay there. And I think that this often is the hardest thing. You know, being Very in the not sure. knowing, being in the oh, I have no idea what the next step is. And oftentimes oh. I would say this is why uh, people end up maybe taking the the doing something what is not aligned with them so what oh. I want to ask now is so then you created this amazing business called happy little campers and mm-hmm. which was an incredible you know business which we, we really valued valued what they were doing you, you oh. because it came from a place of passion came from a place of care but then that run its that ran its course. Ten years came mm. along, and what happened then? <laughs> yeah, it, it really ran its course for me, and it was um, something that I. It, it was like I said, re- return from um, some travel overseas, and again, every time I remove myself and I do travel, um, this is where I can take some time to say, okay, how am I, and really trying to and, and a lot of the stuff comes by itself uh, so on the return <clears throat> I started to um, I started to think about uh, the next you know the next stage of life and uh, husband was busy in his career uh, I was running the school Lucas you know he was in school and um, we were all of us were, were, were busy and um, I felt that at the time, we needed some some change, and uh, we first moved we moved house because we were very connected with the school because we created we were right next door. So I first thought, okay, I will uh, remove myself a little bit right from the environment because that was very good to start with because that allowed me to give it all and be there literally all the time. But then I needed to create some space, um, and nor was I really needed so much. So I did create a business that really didn't identify with me anymore, which was great. I, that was also my intention that I didn't want it to be just, it's not Dora's school, mm. it's Happy Little Campers. And whether I'm there or not, which was tested several times, it still continued to succeed even before I sold it. So I did put some little tests in place to see how that goes. 
And that was done over time through systems, policies, procedures. And again, I go back to recruitment that once you've got, you work out the magic there on the right people, you can step away. And um, it just kept coming up, Susie, really. It was one of those things where I'd go and do something else. I'd be doing something and or particularly early in the morning, I'd, you know, when I'd wake up and I do like to, when I get like this meditate during the week, well, I might be only five minutes, ten minutes, and I just use a lot of applications that I have found mm-hmm. on the App Store. And, again, I started writing. Um, I came and saw you in 2016 because I realised I needed an external assistance. It wasn't going to come through clearly enough and give me that full package to go, right, this is it, I'm following my heart. Um, and that was really the the thing. And with and with the business, it, I think when you're working with families and children, mm. your heart has to be in it 100%. Yeah. And I gave it 110 all the way. I didn't want to end up on a deficit. I thought, okay, I'm starting to get a little bit tired. Mm. I'm starting to uh, find that some things are so repetitive and it was losing a little bit of its um, shine for me and I thought, okay, this is time for someone younger, energetic, uh, even who's saying, I want my own school, Who, where, I, where you know, me 10 years ago mm. and that person came along and uh, she was looking and um, – <laughs> she was spending weekends looking and, re- and and she was working in the industry but no longer wanted to work for someone, wanted to work for herself. So was was ambitious enough to say, okay, and this is where, because just because I wanted to sell it, there was no guarantees that that was going to happen. Mm. And this is where I was, wasn't sure what to do. I thought, okay, if it doesn't sell, that's okay. I will continue because I still obviously had a very deep love for it. It was like my first child because yeah. I had the school before I had Lucas. Right. And mm-hmm. the, so I would have kept going. But the other, you know, big part of me was hoping that, yes, someone does come along soonish. And it happened even sooner than I thought. I'd given the six, 12 months scenario. Um, but within, you know, six weeks of advertising and working with my, uh, my broker, we it was it was done in six weeks, not from a paperwork point of view, but by knowing who and how mm-hmm. and offers and so forth. And I was like, okay, again, they messages for me that Dora, yes, you are going down the right path because everybody that's turning up just fits the story. Mm. And I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Um, so then I know it's starting to roll. Yeah. which is exciting and very nerve-wracking because it just starts to <laughs> fall into place. So it's like, okay. Which is, yeah, like you say, it's exciting. But can I ask you about that? Because, um, mm-hmm. sure. you know, there is that kind of exhilarating ex- um, excitement when things fall into place, but also anxiety. I mean, you know, when things were falling into place, was there ever a moment where you doubted it, where a part of you wanted to sabotage it? Um, or was it like full-fledged kind of trust and we're moving forward? I guess the trust was very deep, um, more mm. than the other things that come up, like the natural emotions of fear, anxiety. Um, they weren't able to, um, I guess, overpower the, the trust that I felt, mainly because the little messages and the big messages that were coming mm. through 
were so clear and strong that I can't ignore them. So I thought I have to have faith. Right. Here. I have to have yeah. trust. And I took that um, approach. And what was interesting when I started to talk to people more about it, uh, even at Lucas's school at morning drop-offs and pickups and so forth, how many people were had thought about something so similar mm-hmm. but were so excited when I was telling them and that I was like, oh, you know, they're like, this is what we've talked about this, but, you know, we can't do it or we will do one day or we may never do it. But the thought, how many people had thought about going overseas for a year or six months or traveling the yeah. world and so forth, that type, I was taken aback. Um, right, okay. And, yeah, and they were, and you could see the uh, support and excitement in their eyes. They're like, yes, just do it. You know, if I was to be like, oh, you know, they're like, <clears throat> they're like, you don't know how many times I've thought about that. I didn't do it when I was younger. I wish I had. Or my husband and I talk about it, you know, all the time. And, you know, it's on their, on their wish list. And um, those people were like, oh, God, if it lines up for you now and it all, you know, comes together, then do it. You know, so there's a lot of people behind it who I think were kind of living through it and saying, mm. oh, don't, don't pass it up if it can happen. Mm. So it was interesting when interesting. you start talking to, yeah. to people. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, yeah, because not everyone acts on that because there's always something, right? Yeah, or they've put it away very deep inside and then they'd be saying to me, oh, you know, can I talk to you about that? What like?" And Because then they, they want to revisit it, you know, you can mm. see and they're thinking, should I maybe do it all? And there's many reasons that it happens and I guess even for us if my husband and I went on the same page at the same time I think it would have been very difficult because his career also he'd started to feel quite exhausted um again has had a career that's been very good but again has very taxing on him Mm. and um I think that's what helped as well identifying the timing, trusting, yeah, and then moving, moving fairly quickly before trusting. I guess something else comes up and yeah. it diverts you. It's so important, isn't it? Trust, trust, and mm. take take the steps. Stay connected to the vision because this is one of the things that you had vision, you mm. knew your purpose, mission, and if we don't have that, I think it's so much harder to keep ourselves grounded and to know how to navigate through fear. And to even totally recognize agree. those hunches, which are all there mm. then to support us to live our greatest vision. And then, and okay, and then, um, and then, f- well, not fast forward, but then came the decision. <laughs> then came the, you know, the reality of we're going. Greece is happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you ended up in Greece and settled in uh, Glifada. So tell me about that first year, what that was like. So the first year, I guess my my greatest focus was Lucas uh, because I thought, okay, if I've selected well school-wise and socially, we're we're going to be great because I I knew if Lucas um, is comfortable and is settling in somewhere, it was going to settle me a lot as well and Mm -hmm. that was the the, the big thing. And the school I had searched whilst in Sydney at various options because he goes to a British school he mm-hmm. couldn't obviously go to a Greek local school. It would have been a, a very big challenge. I didn't want to put that many things in front of him. I was completely changing his world. He also had said to me, please promise me that I'll be in an English-speaking school. Yeah, uh, We'd had a big discussion and uh, we told him, you know, what we're doing. So 
long story short, um, we ended up at St. Lawrence, which is about 20 minutes from the home, mm-hmm. um, which he goes by bus because when he first arrived, no car, no nothing, no license. You know, we're suddenly mm. people that used to drive everywhere. Uh, we're, we're organizing school bus. And the first year was, again, the, we came in the summer and then school started in September. Mm. And um, the focus was getting, we went and met the school and he was interviewed and so forth and they got a feel for <clears throat> where they should place him and so forth. And um, the school was really the crunch. I mean, if that didn't work out, we may have had to go to another school or we may have even left. So his emotional well-being was our priority mm. and that also, um, I guess, helped us a lot as well. So as that went that went very well and he was saying that he was happy. We also, through Lucas that met many wonderful families in similar positions, in similar backgrounds, um, and that helped us as well. So seeing, meeting other people that have already been here for one year or two or three and sharing with them their positives and negatives. Mm. So we were very open to new company, new, uh, you know, invitations, um, our main focus was the first year was to be just social <laughs> butterflies, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> because that's for me probably the the most pivotal part of the setup. I knew I'd end up, you know, finding a car and a house. Sure, there's the material things that you need, but for it to have that richness, I want, and for Lucas to uh, be able to set down some foundations and feel a part of something, the school was the the, the key. Mm, mm. And, and, you know, and that it, it's a great um, kind of thing in place to get you out meeting people, isn't it? Like, yeah. to oh, have a child. Lucas because- is our connector. He is our connector. <laughs> we always thank him. We go, thanks, Lucas. Oh, you know, oh that's because, wonderful. You know, it's different when you come over to say 2025 and you're socializing every night and every day. But, you know, when you're 45 plus and you change country, yeah. you, of course you can make friends. Yeah. But children do open doors. Much more so. Absolutely. Huh? And yeah. how old's Lucas now, Dory? Is he about, what is he, 10? How old He's is 10. He, he just 10. turned 10. He yeah. turned uh, 10 in lockdown, poor guy, but um, oh. couldn't do much. <laughs> the So he was seven when we came over, 10. Uh, yes, he now speaks the language really well. So even though he went to a, a British awesome. school, the good thing is he's picked up on it because they do Greek. So this is very amazing to hear him because he's also got, the accent, the pronunciation, and he's got the when he speaks, he speaks correctly and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's actually that was one of my goals that uh, if mm-hmm. we're here, at least we need to pick up on another language. And he's also learning Spanish. So uh, oh, and he's good. He he misses uh, Sydney. We were supposed to be there just before COVID uh, outbreak, and we that, that was a very tough time when we had to decide not to come over we were going to spend a whole month uh-huh. so that was very a little bit tricky to manage uh with his expectations and um all of that because it wasn't a holiday we perceived it as you know coming back to reconnect with family and friends so that was that was uh, a tricky time but it was all over the world for so many people exactly and, um yeah. we're hoping to come around christmas time but again i won't plan too far ahead because mm. covid's taught us that you can't put too many things in place but you've got to at least have a positive vision and uh it, it it's changed things 
It's it's interesting, isn't it? It's almost like the new way forward. Have a positive vision. Um, don't get mm. too attached to how that needs to happen. Yes, mm. so true. And and my time here had taught me that prior to COVID. So tell me um, that. Tell me more about that. I was, you know, I was going to ask you. Yeah, let, let's let's so start with a, that. A, yeah, I guess as a culture, they're not overly. Uh, they all plan things, but it's never too far ahead. And they are not overly attached to the outcomes. Um, culturally, a little bit more spontaneous. Um, in Athens, people, I guess, the city life does call for routine and structure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they don't plan too far ahead. I mean, a lot of times, even when you try to get them to commit to something, <laughs> you know, they won't. Like you talk to them on Tuesday. Oh, they said, look, we'll just speak on Saturday and it'll work out. And nine times out of ten, it tends to take its own path and shape anyway and oh. things work out you do end up catching up Dora, you end up sorry seeing. it yes. sounds like my kind of thing <laughs> yeah oh this is this is sounds this like is my kind of country <laughs> <laughs> and it is yeah they won't they won't even be uh you know pushed into over committing but again they get a lot of things done um but i like how they do it and even when you get stressed because we we brought over certain different ways of thinking over time you know we've we, I think we've reshaped in ways that are positive that if they'd see you getting um <clears throat> stressed about something mm-hmm. the first thing they tell you to do is like stop stressing you know we are going to get there or yeah. we will make a plan b and and they're very sincere in that way like they don't want to see you uh, stressed at all, whether mm. it's the local taxi driver or whether it's your uncle or so. Like, yeah. they they take it very personal if they think somehow they're stressing you or causing stress. Uh, they're I like, love that. no, 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 it's not necessary, and they stop you in your tracks, <laughs> and you feel quite embarrassed. You think, yeah, I am getting myself all into a bit of a knot here, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. About nothing, and they just put it right in front of you and go, please, like, it's mm. okay, you know, nothing, and they they. And maybe sometimes they're underplaying things, but I think there's a lesson in that that they won't allow the little day-to-day things to get in their way. And I've asked them why. They said, well, how will my day end? You know, I've met people Mm -hmm. in very stressful uh, jobs and positions and they say, look, if I start the morning and I have a battle with everything that comes my way, I'm not going to be well. And they will say, I probably won't be alive after five years because I'll just be you know, they they see all that stuff so taxing mm. and they try to block and put aside the things that whether someone cuts them off in the traffic, <clears throat> whether from small things to bigger things, uh, they value more, I guess, uh, the relationships with different people and um, I guess um, – also, not if you have some time up your sleeve to, ha- to to go and enjoy something, to not allow something small to ruin it. They say, "Look, we're out now. We're having a great time. Sure, instead of a pepperoni pizza, we got a margarita. Let's just eat it. Don't worry about it. Mm. You know, it, they don't get caught up. And I don't even know how they do it because they've had difficult times, yeah. financial crisis, yeah. um, now COVID and stuff. It's not an easy country, really, mm. uh, but." they adapted their thinking to say, well, this is it, you know, and day by day I'm not going to walk with my head down. I'll continue to smile. I'll find time to have a coffee 
uh, with a friend somewhere in 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 the day, mm. and I think that's they share things in that way that um, they will talk things talk things through, and that gives them I I guess it gives them the the energy to to keep going because mm. there are challenging challenging parts to the country you know everything Absolutely. from their wages to mm. but um, the majority try to keep it together and continue to um i guess they're not overly it's not that they're very super positive thinkers but they like i said they have a resilience mm. the resilience to things because they've always been challenged so the little day-to-day stuff and the small thing they don't sweat it at all mm. And so, uh, you know, listening to that just makes me kind of feel so, so grounds me back into, yeah, you know, <laughs> let it go. Um, not because really I'm hanging are. on to things, but it, it's about when we immerse ourselves in that or even people surround ourselves around people who are like that, it, it changes us. As you said, it shapes yes. us. So so being immersed in that kind of culture, um, being immersed in, in a particular tradition, um, what have you noticed has changed about you as a person, or maybe even your family? Um, I think the the changes are mainly not um, overthinking, not over planning, mm. um, but knowing what you want and what you don't want, um, and using whatever time you have. Well, so if it's if it's time with uh, certain people. Um, that you're spending time with people that you're aligned with and who, you know, it's a mutual relationship that everyone, yeah. everyone benefits. Yeah. Um, and I guess also um, not, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to control things for things to, to go well. I think a lot of times people from more, I guess developed economies and first world living, our uh, expectations can be quite high, from a restaurant experience mm-hmm. to the school to anything. And I've learned just to be more flexible and more accepting, and not always that 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 you have to accept a lower standard or poor service, but understanding why are you here? Why you know what what is your purpose on? while you're doing something on a particular day Mm. and that you don't have to judge or assess every moment. It's not necessary. And I guess it just gives you a certain freedom. I feel like I've gone back in time, like I've gained some some time in just being a little bit more relaxed and expectations are really not non-existent but close to, I think expectations cause a lot of disappointments mm. in relationships, in everything. Um, probably not describing it very well but it's that oh, having you absolutely expectations are. but very little. Mm. I mean, you absolutely, uh, to me, every everything that you're saying resonates to, to the core oh, okay. of me, particularly where oh. you say, you know, it's not about accepting a lower standard, but it's reminding yourself why are you here. You know, what is your purpose? Mm. What's your intention for mm. this, uh, for this experience here? Be it at a restaurant, mm. be it be it for I don't know a holiday or or whatever mm. that may be, mm. and and how beautiful exactly. to and how important it's it's you know yeah it's wonderful, but how important to ground ourselves back into that. And what's interesting is that 
this is what living in in Greece and 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 everything else that's gone along with it has brought you back, mm. even aligned you more so, aligned you to doing what you want to do because that's what they're doing. They're spending time with people that they really want to spend time with. Mm. I mean, if you think exactly. about that, like if you think about. You know, I think about some of my clients that I see and, gee, they, you know, they're Mm -hmm. very high-functioning people. Some of them are in the corporate. They don't enjoy their job. They, um, you know, they'll go out with maybe some people. Okay, not so much now, um, but they would have gone out maybe with some people that didn't enjoy. It's like, and if you you add that, if that, if you kind of, if when you think about the added effect of that on your life and you look back, it's like, why? Why do that? Yeah, because that stuff is cumulative mm. um, and it's okay once in a while but when it's cumulative and that that's what takes on uh, a load and uh, you've got to do something with that and, yeah, this is having experienced that side as well and yeah. the, some bits are necessary um, but it, if it starts to accumulate and become the dominant feature where you're doing everything against your grain, against your beliefs, then, yeah, you start to become uncomfortable. Mm, mm. Thank you so much for that. Um, I want to ask you one really important question that I haven't asked you. (laughs) Tell me, tell me, what do you eat? Tell me about the foods. (laughs) Ah, the food. (laughs) Tell me about the the food that you love. Okay, so (laughs) the the food uh, in Greece is, um, you know, it's typically around uh, meat, salad, Mm -hmm. cheeses, a lot of seafood. Particularly in the summer, the seafood is the is the bigger feature. Mm-hmm. The food is the food is very good. Uh, particularly if you go to the local farmers market every week. Mm. Um, there's one today. I'll see if I can get there after this. If they're still there, their produce there is fantastic. Uh, people mainly eat at home during the week and only eat out on the weekends. So Sunday's a big family lunch day. Mm-hmm. Restaurants are full. Uh, or people have things at home, which we've been doing more so of late. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've enjoyed cooking because I've had more time as well. And I find that when you make a meal here, it, um, it doesn't need the, the the produce is good, so it turns out quite tasty without a lot of effort and creativity. Yeah. Um, the the people do probably we probably are a little bit. I think they're excessive meat eaters. There's a lot of sukaki <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> All of that, but it's easy to find, which is great. So then, there's also a, um, a very big selection of home delivery that I cannot comprehend. Like unbelievable, from having your coffee delivered to a Greek wow. moussaka to uh, whatever you want, because there's all the restaurants, and particularly with COVID, it's gone on another level. Mm. Um, but you can get a home style, really good meal mm-hmm. um, d- delivered to your door. Um, but I guess the, the culture is more to eat out, but the, the delivery stuff is, um, un- unbelievable, the choice. Yeah. And, it, and the, the thing is at all hours. So, you know, it's restaurants, you know, might open say at midday and they'll close at, um, 2 a.m. And, um, wow. the hours of businesses here is very, very different. Mm. When I first came and I'd find, say, a cafe that I really like, what was funny, I'd ask them, oh, I'd say, um, what time, you know, do you open and close and whatever? And they'd say they open the cafe at 10 and they'd say, oh, you know, 10 to 2. And I think, oh. And they look at me and I say, no, like 2 a.m. we're going to close. I'm like, oh, they go, is that enough time for you to revisit? I'm like, oh, that's plenty. 
took me forever to get my wow. hair because my favourite cafes in Sydney, you know, would be like 10 to 3 or yeah, 7 yeah. to 4, and, you know, that's what I was used to. And they're like, no, no, in the evening. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'll be back later. <laughs> yeah, different lifestyle. Um, different yeah, yeah. And, and I mean these I don't know if that's the best business model staying open that many <laughs> hours but that's just how it is mm. um, that's you know how, how they do it but the um the, there's a big focus around food of course always and and it's particularly the Sunday the Sunday is take out grandma grandpa um family friends um the Sunday is the day that everybody eats out um, and there's places for everyone, not, you know, you, there's different budgets, different, everyone will do something on Sunday. And if it's not a meal, they'll go for a coffee in the afternoon or, um, a dessert. Mm. There's a lot of dessert places, unfortunately, <laughs> if you understand <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, um, Galataburiko and Baklava. Yes, and... Galataburiko. <laughs> Um, there's a lot if you over I'll take you on a tour oh yeah oh yeah that would be amazing well one day but right now I think we're staying put aren't we Um, yes yes we're all staying where we where we are right now exactly Dora I just want to ask you one more thing before we finish up so sure what's next what are you marinating in now (laughs) 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 what's been coming up for you you know you've been in Greece Um, for three years what has it inspired in you well, I think I maybe I'm closer now to writing the book that I wanted to write from the start and I started to write and I was stop and start. And then um, there's a, a journalist in New York that, that contacted me recently, funny enough, the timing here, and there was, a story, there was a story on Facebook about a couple that moved to Greece from Germany. Anyway, I made some comments on that and then he was following through. He's contacted me and said, can you write about your time in Greece mm. and the more I'm now coming to that I'm thinking I don't know I, I I'm hoping I'm closer to writing the, the book it, it, even just for me uh and yeah. whether and then where the, where the book goes I'm not sure but um I am wanting to get more of it back onto paper and I think whilst I'm writing the book or keeping this log or this diary mm. I think that's when I will see what what's next yeah. um I am craving uh, something new, something where I can offer something, yeah. uh, whether it's sharing the journey, whether I did do some voluntary work for a company for a while where they needed a teacher to write out a curriculum based on um, the shipping industry in Greece is very big. Long story short, they're trying to promote, get the message out to younger generation to look at it as a career option. So I became part of a group that wrote a curriculum where it was called adoptership. So, wow. and it's actually in fruition at the moment. So, there's captains of big ships out mm-hmm. there being contacted, and they have to once a week or every 10 days have communication back with a particular class. Amazing. And they tell them about their life out at wow. sea. And the captains will write emails and so forth, or the, the staff. And so, it's connecting young Greek children. Yeah to the shipping world because that's one of the main industries. There's not a lot of career options mm. here. So but they're trying to promote it. I met someone uh, through another connection who said, hey, there's a, you would be interested in this. So I did three months on that, offered what I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, which was great and it was challenging, 
because some of it was in English, some of it was in Greek. Mm. But now I need to do again. I, I need to do something, and I soon I will come and I'll let you know. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's uh, not clear yet, and I think I have to get back to to writing generally, and even today going back and looking at things I had written together with you and stuff, and I think there's some of the clues and some of the. <laughs> little messages I think must be in there so I will I will uh start to you know because I am a little bit um looking for something that for me um to to, to work on mm. well I think it's interesting how I don't know what happened I was on Instagram and then immediately maybe I saw your photo and I saw you with Lucas I'm pretty sure it was Lucas mm. you know mm-hmm. you, the two of you sitting down and I just thought Oh, you know what? I really want to know your story, <laughs> your experience. I really want to know. Let's do this. So it's interesting that this has come up, this opportunity for you through me, certainly. And um, oh. yeah, we'll see what, you know, I hope that it ignites something inside of you because, you know, you've shared your story and it's such a yeah, such an, an amazing journey. And I'll send you the one that, because again, I'll be sharing it, but this time in writing, like um, it's a thousand words that I've been given as a limit to basically some of the stuff we've just talked about. Yeah. It will put in writing and sent to this. It's a website called The Greek Reporter, but I will send you the link um, just, you know, if you're interested to read it because he, he will yeah. publish that at some, at some point. But I haven't finished writing stuff to him. So this is the things when I'm starting to write and talk to people like yourself and to him, mm. it's bringing up some um, really mm. good things and um, which might direct me to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you – and also if this is something that when it's ready, when it's published, that you'd be happy to share with – um, in the podcast show notes, please let me know. I'd ha- happily do that oh, for yeah. you. I'll, yeah, I'll would love check, to. I'll check in, check in with you. I don't know exactly any of the dates yet, but I once it's um, ready, once it's there, yeah. Awesome. I'd love to share it with you. Awesome. All right, Dora. Um, look forward to um, to see. Yeah, what what's what's next? And obviously, I mean, I, I mean, I think just to just to um, go back to something that you were saying, and then we'll. Um, and then I'll let you um, mm-hmm. wander off into the um, the farmers markets. <laughs> um, <laughs> I when, do need to cook something. <laughs> yeah, when when we when we when we feel that, and and I know that this has come up for me. You know, when, when we feel, it's almost like, yeah, what's next? You know, what's next? I can't mm. quite put my finger on it. Mm. If mm-hmm. if we're doing the same thing and we're we're kind of wanting to know what's next, that what what's next is not going to reveal itself any clearer or stronger. We need to change mm. something. And so what you're saying, yeah, you know, um, I, I guess I'm sharing this so the listener, so you guys listening to sure. us can can also take note of this. You can certainly write about it or, you know, create intention around it. Okay, mm. I'm feeling this. I really want to get clarity around what's next. So, and then That's align it. whatever the activity. That's yeah, the yeah. The clarity and through whether it be journaling, painting, mm. which is something I've been immersing myself sure, with. Sure, everyone's got different Whatever ways, it is. Yeah. So, Dora, thank you so much. Um, any, well, thank you for your what, time. It's always a pleasure to speak <laughs> with you and, 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 and to talk after this time. And, you know, I remember really being in your office and, uh, you know, working through the different bits are incredible. It was and, good uh, stuff, wasn't it? It was good yeah, stuff. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, and it's all part of the process. And um, yeah, I was very fortunate to have have been able to get you to to assist me. 
um, because I needed that person that was external, disconnected, who says, okay, mm. this is what you want. What are we doing? It helps. It helps. All right, Dora, keep us posted. Um, all yeah, the best. Say you, hello Susie, to say hello to the family. Something from it, this and um, yes, and, and you too. And um, I'll be in touch. Yeah, we'll speak soon. Thanks for joining me today on Empowered Conversations. Subscribe to the show now and then head over to my Facebook page, Susie Petrozzi, for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present, be powerful and be on purpose. See you next time for Empowered Conversations. Conversations.